off the ball. The salary cap has gone so low. It's a very interesting decision. The decision is, do you work or do you play rugby? You know, and, and it may be better off to work. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Off the ball daily. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. This is Football Saturday now all the way. We're going to have Gary Breen on the line shortly, but also on the line at the moment is David Connolly, the uh, former Republic of Ireland striker. We'll get to David in a moment. Just to uh, let you know, you can text us 53106. The line is open. Tweet us at Off the Ball. We're streaming the conversation as well. You can listen on News Talk. Also watch us on the Off the Ball digital and social channels for Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube and on Facebook. So the Republic of Ireland's hopes of qualifying automatically for the European Championship in Germany next year via Group B took they look all but over really via the group following that 2-1 defeat to Greece and Athens last night Stephen Kenny's side where I played Cadmo Dada conceded an early penalty which was converted by Tassos uh Bacasetas and then Nathan Collins level from a set piece but Greece scored what proved to be the winning goal via Georgios Mazuras early in the second half Matt Doherty was sent off near the end of the game Greece were the better team no argument with that. More fluent in terms of passing. 19 shots to 7. 6 shots in target to Ireland's 3. 4 wins now in 23 competitive games for manager Stephen Kenny. We will not be qualifying by the group, you'd have to say. We're 26th in the Nations League rankings. We ended 10th in Group B. So we have to hope enough higher ranked teams qualify automatically to squeeze one of the 12 playoff spots now. The alternative route to qualify for the Euros for the 3 remaining places at the finals. It might happen. It looks tight but it's probably Hail Mary stuff at this stage because we would need to win another two games so Stephen Kenny's a human being he's a very proud Irish football man and I think that needs to be said at the outset but obviously there'll be discussion now around the uh, management of the team the project that we're on because France was so good at home but this was really bad last night and we've seen it before only four competitive wins only two away from home against Azerbaijan and Luxembourg there have been these types of disappointing results before the game at home to Luxembourg the game at home to Azerbaijan the game a year ago against Armenia in the heat and a year later this game against Greece and Athens and Greece were seen as pretty much on a parity with us in the group and now with the French going to top it and the Netherlands who are not playing too well at the moment in the mix as well it's going to be very different difficult for us to uh, to get through as part of the group so David Connolly is on the line David what's your before we get into the nitty gritty what are your initial thoughts of what you saw last night um yeah hi John I mean um um I think it was uh, it was a tough uh, tough watch um the lads look very flat very very flat um ironically they started and, and I heard Stephen say this after but maybe he felt it was the kickoff when he said they started well because the kickoff right was the same kickoff they used against France and I thought bang here we go we're straight at them this is this is a good sign this is a sign of we're we're going to be on the front foot here and this is going to be we're going to put on a good performance but I mean after that pre-rehearsed routine um we were just so far off it um Greece were a lot sharper a lot quicker um, moved the ball um, a lot speedier, switched the play, made our midfield three cover the whole width of the pitch, which is impossible for the three to do. Um, and Stephen spoke about the switch of play. Well, the switch of play was on because of, of the midfield three, so flat. I mean, there's too much space for them to cover. Um, Callum Adana had a very difficult night, really, really difficult night. Um, he struggled defensively. We didn't get across. We didn't cover the spaces uh, for the second goal. We couldn't defend corners. Um, yeah, it was it was a really 
it was a really bad day at the office. We got back into it with, with the goal, which was a really well-worked corner routine, really pleased for Nathan Collins. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really uh, a really bad performance and, and lacking in in an in an awful lot of areas. Um, and I, I guess there'll be a massive inquest about it, John. But one of the things would be and and look, there's something in this in terms of the 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 last game, say, of the championship season, six six weeks or whatever. But kind of, I think Stephen knew this was always going to be the case, right? That that gap was something you had to plan for. And how are you going to plan for some players who, who I mean, Michael Oberfemi, for example, has, has just about played 90 minutes in three months. I totaled up his minutes. He's played like 100 and something minutes in three months. So, you know, he's not the only one. Obviously, Matt Doherty's struggling for, for minutes, 12 minutes, whatever he's played. So how are you going to get the sharpness into a lot of those players' legs that haven't had game time and you've had a six-week break? You know, the four-day four, four day training camp, uh, mate, you, in hindsight, right, I'm looking at this, if I was the manager, if yeah. I was, what would I have done different, John, right? What would I have done different to arm myself, to prepare myself to play against Greece who won six of the last seven? Well, I tell you what, John, I'd probably put on a game. I'd try and get a game in because yeah. I think a four-day training camp, John, is not going to be enough. He's not, he's no way near going to be enough. It's, it, 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 you know, it just seemed that like we were badly prepped for it. You know, it looked like the lads had had a few weeks holiday, a few days tickle around in a training camp before going to play Greece in their backyard. He won six of the last seven. And, you know, we, we looked... We looked like we were miles off it. And also tactically, it, it, it looked like we were exposed on the wings that they played a 4-4-2, they pressed high, they had their four players out on the wings and, and we really suffered for that. Yeah, I mean, look, John, we've touched on this before, right? Um, I'm not a fan of the back three. I, it, it, so I'm not going to sit here and be wiser after the event. I'm not, I, it, it's not my favourite formation. Often at times you saw us last night and we had, at times we had like all 11 players in our own box, clearing the ball, getting up to the ball, uh, you know, and look, okay, at France, against France, we did quite well. But but for me, I think it can be ex exploited uh, quite a lot, the, the back three, because, you know, the way they played, they made the sort of back three, they made our back three into a back five in effect. And our midfield three had to cover across the whole width of the pitch. That's why the switch was on. That's why they attacked and were able to get at us out wide. And they looked just a lot, lot, lot sharper. Um, I thought for the second goal, if you really look at the second goal, and I know Callum got, got done in behind with the movement, but the point of a back three, John, right? Your back three, and we'll, I'm sure Gary will touch on it, Gary Brim will touch on this later. He'll know better than me, but that back three can't just be fixed in the box, five yards apart, almost touching hand. You look at the second goal, for me, Lenehan has to get over and recognise the gap between him and his wing-back is far too deep. I mean, far too big. It's like you could have driven two double-decker buses into that gap and we just didn't recognise those, those spaces, those gaps quickly enough. And if you don't, you don't play a back three and you keep your back four nice and tight. So I thought the second goal, although Callum got done, um, I, I thought Daryl Lenehan's got to get across and recognise that the space between him and Callum was too great anyway, was far too big in, in, uh, in the beginning. And you just got to keep the distances a lot, lot tighter, a lot, lot better. But it was symptomatic of the performance. Like it was, it was really bad. 
got the listeners uh, in touch here, David, uh, 53106, just going to read out some of the flavour of the comments. I uh, was a massive Kenny fan. I was massively behind him, but I think he's gone now after last night. Three years, it should be better. It's not even the defeat, as I think people who thought we would win in Greece don't know football, but the manner of the performance has lost me. There are much bigger issues in Irish football, and I see that as a schoolboy coach, but that's for another discussion. It's probably time to move on, uh, but I do think he's done a lot of the heavy lifting for the next manager, says Colm. I've been relatively pro Stephen Kenny, says Carlin Cork, but I think it's become apparent he's out of his depth. I'd like to see him go now. I'm all for good football, but losing football is essentially bad football. As to who should replace him, realistically, I think the best we could hope for is Chris Hewton or Owen Coyle, but ideally Brendan Rodgers if he doesn't end up at Celtic, says Carl. Uh, we also yeah. have, we need to look deeper at Irish football, multiple leagues, the underage and adult football. We need to streamline better. Those involved in moaning about Stephen Kenny are the same ones who will not fix amateur level first. Uh, Dave from Dublin, Kenny's had a Euro playoff, two Nations Leagues, a World Cup and a European Championship that have all ended in failure. That's more than enough time. Cut our losses after the Gibraltar game. And uh, Kenny Backer here, but time is up. He doesn't have the know-how to take us to the next level. Uh, the players are playing like a group who don't believe in the manager, says Adrian in Limerick. Look, the inquest, as you say, has begun. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's look, it's, it's just it's the juxtaposition, I think, from the France game when we're playing the World Cup finalists. Nathan Collins has a chance with an unbelievable save, the best we've ever seen at Lansdowne Road from Manian, And it would have been one all. And we played well against Portugal. We played well against Serbia. But then you throw in these clangers, and that's the problem. You just don't know. There's no consistency consistency building and that's why I find difficult to understand yeah I mean the only thing I'd say John right where's our strength at the minute where is our strength yeah where's our strength uh, uh, well for me it's Evan have, Ferguson uh, right yeah, Evan Ferguson yeah. is our is our strength and I looked at Evan yesterday last night and I thought you know Ireland were playing like trying to play like Brighton do and at times you know, dropping it into Evan as happens with Brighton either along the floor or into his body, it just wasn't happening. And at, and at times, I, I would think that there is nothing wrong with going long up to Evan and just relieving the pressure. I looked at near enough every, I think every goal kick, near enough every goal kick was taken short. And I think in game, just recognising that the lads weren't at it and it wasn't we we weren't playing through the thirds very well just to just to go you know what it's it, you know, from the sides because there was a little drinks break and i know keith andrews uh called them in and you know but what if it was me i've got i've got uh we've got our sort of erling harlan there and we're not giving him getting in the ball i'd just be getting it up to evan and it's not old school it's not you know route one i think that's our strength and there's no point in having that strength if by the time it takes us to get the ball to him, we've, we, we, we've lost it numerous times. I and mean, we were turning the ball over so often. And you just think, just get it up into, into Evan. Maybe he can relieve the pressure, get us up the pitch a little bit, and we can play in their half. And, uh, you know, I know Stephen's principal man, but it, it just felt like we needed to just mix it up a little bit and just get Evan in the game, in the game a lot, lot more. Well, I mean, he asked us what the strength is. You asked me what the strength would be. Like in the France game, was always defensively organised. One lapse from Josh Cullen, but that can happen. But defensively, very solid, very committed, very good shape, and uh, backs to the wall. And then for the last 15, 20 minutes, you have a go. Maybe we were too open last night because it looked defensively, we were shambles. And uh, it just felt like when I watched the game, uh, David, that like they were just so much technically better on the ball in terms of passing the yeah, ball. Yeah, but... Yeah, I mean, look, I think the, 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 the onus being at home, obviously playing against France, massive game. I think I think the, 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 the tactics, everyone got it. We got it spot on, right? And even Stephen, I think we could have said he might have been able to go for it a little bit earlier, but you obviously don't want to risk opening yourself up and conceding more. But the lads did 
they carried that out, that game plan to perfection. Make no mistake. Here, whether it's a combination of the the the, the time, the last game, just say the championship game, right? For example, six weeks or whatever. You know, that period is just. I, I don't know whether that's had anything, had any sort of bet, or whether we could have done. Stephen could have done anything different in that period to prepare these players to go and play a game of this magnitude, knowing that they're up against a really good Greek side. Now you're trying to, you're sort of comparing France and Greece. Okay. All right. But Greece were play, have played really, really well for a number of weeks, won the nation's league group. Um, they've obviously Simicast. We can keep going about their players. The ladder AZ scored bundles of goals this season. They're a good team. And they showed last night, they were a good team going to these countries as you know, we did for 10 odd years and Gary will tell you, Gary Breen will tell you is never easy going away to it. Look, the ref was, giving them, I thought, everything. You had the lasers in the eye. This is the siege mentality of, 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 of Ireland going away and digging in and being hard to beat. But we looked so flat that I just wondered if there was anything Stephen could have done in the interim period or select players, start players, who've got more minutes under them to put in a, a, a more dogged performance because it looked like the lads... Are, like, for example, starting Adam Eder... I mean, was that because Adam turned up last time and, and, and Norwich ruled him out? But Adam's barely played. You know, a lot of the lads have barely played, so it's very difficult to to throw him into a game of... I know Will made his debut, but he's non-competitive. To chuck him in second game, maybe it might away from home in that sort of atmosphere, environment, I might have been a little bit too ambitious. Yeah, 53106, another texture. No, I've always supported Kenny, but last night, who do we think we are? We played away to a team in a similar position in the world rankings and what the really impressive results in the last seven games with an attacking team? Question mark. We're not nearly good enough to do that. A solid team similar to the team that played France was required, and who knows, we could have snatched something on the break. Not too dissimilar to what you're saying now, David. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not too sure the two up top was the right thing to do. I think you only play a two up top if you've got two in form, two strikers who are in form. Yeah. And I think, I think it, you know, at Brighton, Evan doesn't play in a front two, but he, he almost plays as as another midfielder at, at Brighton and they get him on the ball, they get him a little bit deeper and then another attacking mid, midfield helps him out up top. But uh, it was just, it looked a little bit too ambitious yesterday, Ian. Kieran Boyle on Twitter, we're in desperate times. Trap, Stan and Kerr were booted for less. Another campaign over for, before it begins. Can't be defended anymore. Why doesn't the FAI have a shirt sponsor? Who's investing in this crap? Experienced manager needed now. Don't care who. Uh, kind of an angry text from Kieran. Um, JD, given the pro county camp are now resigned to the fact his time is up, what are realistic expectations for whoever succeeds him, given the squad we have and the level they play at? What are the realistic ex- targets for future campaigns? But what about the argument, David, that as Liam Brady was making on RT television last night that uh, this is like probably the the poorest group of players in terms of quality he's ever seen yeah and I and I listened to I listened to that and um, look you know um, when, when you know there's not too many that are like Liam Brady so he's in a nice position there to uh, uh, you know but the lads are what what's available is is kind of what's available I think um I suppose the question is, could we be doing better with the players we have available to us at the moment? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, could he? Yeah, that's a different question, right? Because, you know, saying they're the poorest group of players is one thing, but, you know, can we get more out of the players regardless of of their ability? That would be, that would be, I mean, look, the lads like Stephen and um, I'm not going to hear bash him, but, uh, I, uh, uh, you, you know, the results kind of speak for themselves. 
you know, probably the performances have always been have been about for Ireland being able to produce against the the Hollands, the Frances of this world. You know, it's then beating those sides. Like even the Lithuania, we struggled to to open up and and you know obviously Greece last night there's been numerous examples where you know we probably really struggled to beat those teams that really if we want to have a chance and the pressure's on us to go and beat we haven't really done that so I think traditionally we've always done quite well or put up a really good performance against those sides albeit maybe losing against your Frances or your Holland yeah. or you know giving it a good go but um, you know like I don't know, Liam, I mean, he knows Mikey Johnston, but, you know, he knows where he's playing. But, you know, talking last night as if, you know, who I wasn't too sure he knew who he was. But, uh, look, it's easy to bash them. I, I understand that because we're not Liam Brady, but um, and not too many are. Um, but, yeah, it was... It was it was a it was a it was a difficult watch. What you're saying is, who else could come in, right? You're probably going to ask that next, yeah? Well, who else? Well, not immediately. Um, we'll, we'll come to that in a, in a while, and that's a, like like a hypothetical question because Stephen's got a yeah. contract for another year, and like that's it's not up to us to decide. And uh, this is not about. I don't think. Uh, I think there are bigger issues in the manager, who the manager is. But let's get, let's actually hear from the players because like Matt Darcy was defending Stephen last night. Nathan Murphy was in Athens, and he caught up with some of the players who were understandably lost for words when things went wrong. We'll hear some of them and um, we'll also hear from Stephen Kenny but let's hear from Matt Doherty now after the final whistle I'm at a very tough night how do you sum it up uh, obviously very disappointing you know um, we had a good camp we prepared well and we didn't just didn't really show up why is that after as you say it felt like a perfect preparation only a couple of players missing through injury how quickly into the game do you realise this wasn't going according to plan Oh, pretty pretty fast I think I don't know how many corners they had in the first 10-15 minutes um, yeah pretty much straight away we knew that it wasn't going well um, but we thought we would just stay in the game and we kind of did that till half time we went in a half time level so um, the start of the second half again we just we didn't get going at all and it was just a frustrating game and was it the heat was it the way they set up tactically well, it wasn't the heat, no, for sure. It wasn't that hot tonight. Um, tactically, like nothing that we didn't, nothing we didn't expect. Um, they managed to switch the play well in the first half, cause us a few problems. We changed that in the second half, and um, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to nail down what exactly went wrong, but um, we're gonna have to obviously watch it back. And, and figure it out because that's that's a game that we, we, we shouldn't be losing. There were dangerous moments when you got in possession and attack, but it did seem as though they targeted the two wings for the real overlap and that you had double trouble there. They made the pitch very big. Chimicast was on the outside, he was on the inside. From your point of view as a, as a wing back in a game like that, was there anything you could do when you look back on it? Yeah, you just have to, I don't know, just get the ball, don't give the ball away, wait for the right opportunity. Um, me and Will, we've been playing well together, linking well together in training in, in the last game. So, um, look, the the, li the lines weren't necessarily there to, to kind of get in behind every time. Um, so, yeah, look, we tried to change it in the second half. And like you said, the, the winger who normally was inside stayed wide quite a lot. Um, he tracked me. We had 2v2. We tried to slide the ball in behind them, but they defended well and we just I don't know we lacked a bit of spark tonight does it make you question what you've been doing over the last 10 days no not at all um, 
like we had the right we knew how to beat them we had the right way to beat them and just we didn't as players carry it out in the 90 minutes when, when we were meant to when it matters most because I think a lot of people tonight will be very confused as to where that performance came from there seemed to be even though it was a defeat against France an awful lot of positive signs out of that I think a lot of people will look at that and feel it's a massive setback yeah well we feel that way um, that's a game where we thought we thought well for me personally I thought in going into the camp at worst we four points would we would get four points you know um, so we've just made things a bit, a bit harder for ourselves um, but yeah like it's happened now we've got to obviously beat Gibraltar and, and then win the boat the next two games in, in the next camp you said the heat wasn't a factor what about Matt Sharpness you obviously haven't played a huge amount of football over the last few months no but I think everybody's in the same boat kind of going into the into the summer camp um, players have had time off players have be, players have been on holiday um, I haven't been on holiday I've been training since since the I mean we finished our season on the 4th and I was in camp on the 5th so I feel pretty good um, got a little bit tired at the end but physically I, I felt okay what happened at the end of the game oh, I, I don't know I think the referee gave him a soft free kick and then I looked up and uh, the guy was like walking Mikey down from behind I think it was I don't really know I just walked. I just walked walked into him, and he and he went to the ground. And uh, the ref obviously lacked lacked a bit of uh, lacked a bit of something because there's two there's two seconds left in the game. It wasn't really a red card. I don't think it was probably a, probably a yellow. So we, um, I don't think it was nece- necessary to send me off. Was the and said then at full time to him? No, I just wanted to talk with referees these days. They don't even let you speak to them. Um, they're so arrogant and sure about themselves that you're not even allowed to approach them and have a, have a normal conversation. It's always about them, isn't it? So, um, yeah, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even let me. I guess people always think when you go up to a referee after a game that you're going to abuse him, but I didn't. I wasn't going to do that. I just wanted to talk to him normally. Three years into Stephen Kenny's reign, there's going to be a lot of question marks about his future now as Ireland manager after a performance like that and a setback like that. What are your thoughts on on his future? No, for me, it's, it's nothing to do with the, the manager or the coaching staff. We get we just had ten days of, of a great camp. We've been coached well. They've done everything possible for us um, behind the scenes. They do everything possible for us. That's not that's not the problem. What is the problem? I don't know. I don't know necessarily what it is, but it's not the it's not the coaching staff. Stephen and Keith and John O'Shea and and all of them. They've been for me. They've been great since they've come in. So. Um, yeah, for their future, their future for me should be to stay stay on, and um, I don't see why they wouldn't. Thanks for calling us. David Connolly, uh, Matt Darty there speaking to Nathan and Athens last night. A lot to pick out of that interview. Yeah, I mean, pretty honest there from um, uh, from Matt, and and I think um, um, you know going through himself, he's obviously the, you know um, I've got sent off for Ireland, so I know it's it, 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 you got to um, take the responsibility for that um but matt matt seems to think that the training camp was went well when they and they were well coached and had a good session I, i'm sure they had lots of good sessions but my my point is could they have had a game rather than just a 10-day training camp there's nothing that can give you the minutes in the legs to go and prepare you i just wondered whether that was just that, that in hindsight i might look back in that and go we should have had a game instead um but a lot of the things he's saying in terms of uh, you know hard to put his uh, finger on why they uh, struggled. I mean, look, the formation that Greece play, um, 
it's certainly against Ireland's back three and and three in midfield is to get the ball, switch it out wide. You know, Callum really struggled with the runs in behind. Um, every time they could, they were they were making those runs in behind. He really struggled with his positioning defensively, and obviously paid the price second half. But you know, Matt's not going to go and critique or hammer his own teammates, is he? Um, he's he's obviously wants them to stick together because we've got another game in a couple of days' time. Yeah. So you know, you've 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 obviously still got to stick together because you've got a Gibraltar game coming up. But if we don't win that, I don't know. We yeah, well, well, I'll give up. <laughs> well, yeah, but but I mean, once you pick the bones through the goal, once you do pick the bones through the goals, um, you know, it, it sometimes it is okay. Look, we didn't have a Ben A. We didn't have we didn't have a few players, but you know, whatever's gone on with. Ryan Manning, for example, we yeah. don't know selected. Then he pulled out, but obviously the Callum Callum had, had a re, you know really struggled down that left hand side. So I think probably in hindsight he might look at his his his, his left wing back area and think, well, did I get that right? And also I think he mentioned about working with, with Will Smallbone, but uh, sort of you know Daryl Lenehan and, and and Callum O'Dowd that relationship I think left side centre back in the back three without go, being too tactically boring you know the outside centre back and their relationship with the wing back is so important because if you're too close to your centre halves you've got a lot of area you're giving your wing back to cover on the inside especially you know on the inside and you look at the second goal the second goal is a disaster totally avoidable totally avoidable if for example Daryl Lenehan comes over and covers a cross. Like, we had a 3v5 in the box. You know, Greece, him, had three, yeah, yeah. Greece had three players in the box, and we had five. And that is where Daryl has got to recognise that uh, I've got to shuffle over and help Callum. Evan, even Evan was in the box. He could have called and, and just closed that gap up a little bit more because, I mean, they had, like, the freedom of the park. But that is your bog standard, how to defend in a back three. It doesn't mean your back three hold hands 10 yards apart. You know, you've got to adjust to where your wing back is and keep those distances nice and tight. And they just got in between the gaps far too easily. And look, I'm not a defender, right? I'm not a defensive expert, but I know from my time in coaching and, and tactically that, that that was a, a huge, that was, a, I mean, a huge mistake there at the back for the second goal. Were we too slow to change our shape and our change our formation? Well, possibly, yeah. I mean, uh, look, I think he, he, he made the call, which was probably the earliest, to do it at half time in terms of um, or shortly after with Callum but I, I think um, y- you know I think against the opposition that you're playing and the way that you're playing we did have the little drinks break maybe that could have been done within that within the little break where you know Stephen had that time to call him over I know Keith spoke to them I don't know what was said but maybe that might have been the time yeah how do you inject composure into something? Because when I was looking at this game last night as a hurler in the ditch, as uh, I know your hurling background, uh, David. Um, that... Don't talk to me about composure because <laughs> I was watching the Kilkenny game last week. And, and <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, I was taking a photo of the screen just about to tweet something going brilliant, you know, and then obviously we kicked the ball, you know, kicked the ball straight into them and uh, lost it right at the death. So, yeah, that composure, as we saw last week, right? We saw that yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, is there a leadership thing there? I mean, like, just to slow it down because it was just so crazy. The first, it was just frenetic and helter skelter. The first fifteen minutes is—is is there a way to just you know just we just gotta 
Cool this. Well, the, well, the only thing you'd say in, in those times, you would have had a lot of leaders, you know, in, in when, when, when I played, it, it might have been just settling down a little bit old school, right? We squeeze up the pitch. We get everyone 50, 60 yards higher up the pitch. We play in their half if we're not playing well. If we're not playing well, we can't get through, you know, the, the from the um, defensive third to the middle third. If we can't do that. Let's squeeze up the pitch and get it up to Evan. It's not like, you know, you've got Duffer and Robbie and you had to play along the ground. You know, you've got big Evan, big Adam Eder. Get the ball up to them and maybe just play in the opposition half. That, it, normally when you're not playing well, that is what you would, you would be saying from the sideline. Scrap playing out. You know, we're really struggling to keep hold of the ball. You're inviting pressure onto us, but we just didn't seem to do that yesterday. So that maybe strikes me as something that there is a traditional Irish way, which people have, you know, been very critical of. They call it hoofball, caveman football, um, very unattractive on the eye. And Stephen has been trying to have a progressive style and a, and a passing style of a game. But sometimes you need to throw out that and get into the rail politic of, of look, it's all about what's on the end of the scoreboard at the end of the game and that's well, not losing I think you can mix it up because yeah. you know you can obviously mix your game up I mean often at times all the top teams uh, mix their game up and, and play different ways to get up the pitch you know there's we won't we won't go into loads of detail about how how how, how you can do that without you know just crashing the ball long obviously but the point is if you're not playing particularly well and there is another way there is obviously another way you need to get it up to if you're going to play for front two they need the ball with a, you know and get it up to them it's different against france right you look at how evan, evan was dealt with against france he had he had massive hulking center backs physically he was completely dominated do you know we, we, not dominated but he was given a, a really tough game because physically they're all over him we never really saw that last night because we just didn't get the ball up to him enough. Stephen Kenny, let's hear from him now after the match in uh, Athens. So Ireland under Kenny, they only beaten Azerbaijan and Luxembourg away from home. Um, and he still maybe lacks a statement performance outside of Lansdown Road to get the fans back on side and believe in the project. Let's hear from him now. Well, I think we, did, we didn't play as well as, as well as we would have wanted to play for sure. It was, a, you know, Greece with a much better side in the first half overall. Um, they had they had a lot of control more than we would have wanted. They played well, but really, um, that can happen away from home um, for international teams throughout. But you've got to defend better than we did, and you've got to see it out. And we didn't do that, and that's what that's what's hurt us in the end. Um, we got back into the game well with a well worked goal, um, and. One all, one all a half time. We tactically changed it, and, and you know that would have allowed us to play with more control. Three four two one, and it did uh, in the second half allow us to play with more control. But we can't take any credit for that because certainly that wouldn't have to take into account that Greece would have dropped off a little bit after scoring. So. Um, they, uh, it was just a, a really poor second goal to give away. I can't believe we gave it away, and you know, to be honest, and um, we got punished for that. So uh, that's that's hard, is because um, so that's that's that that's uh, the reasons. You know, that's it. Stephen, this always looked a really tough group to qualify from. Does, does this result make it nearly impossible? 
It's only the second game, and we've made life. We've given ourselves a mountain climb. All right, it's only the second game, but we could just at the moment we've just got to get ourselves ready for for Monday. Yeah, we've got a home game, nearly full stadium. Uh, if we want to support the team, we need to give them uh, a, a victory on Monday, and that's what we're going to focus on. And then. Stephen, uh, how are you doing? Um, just judging by the team starting tonight, it, was, it seemed that there was some very close calls there to make in terms of starting 11. Um, any, any regrets on, on the, the thing you put out? You know, it could be argued that um, there's a lot of inexperience in the team that can be argued. You don't have to accept that. Um, but no, I, it's easy. It's easy after the event if someone makes a mistake to say you should just play the other player or whatever. But I think um, it's you know uh, I feel uh, I feel even though you know our performance wasn't at the level we would have wanted, we were still right in the game right right to the 95th minute um, and had chances to equalise. You know had chances to equalise. Obviously Nathan shot match shot, a lot of crosses across the box, a lot of corner kicks. And we had a lot of pressure, um, but not loaded with clear cut chances. Um, and, you know, we were still in the game right to the end and could have could have drawn the game, but it, it, it might have flattered us a bit. But I think, um, we, we, you know, the players never go up, and it's just very disappointed with sending off at the end. Um, it seems extremely harsh. Matt's got involved. To, to, you know, to try and pull people out of it, but he, he's not—he's not touched anyone's face at all. It's just push someone, you know, and it's not someone in the chest in, in the chest to get someone out of the way, and it's uh, too much has been made of it. He's gone down like, and there's no 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 facial contact or anything like that. Gavin Comiskey, please, and then Philip Quinn, and then we'll end the live section. And Stephen, uh, Adam Eda, Russell, and Calvo down and gone by 53 minutes, and. Is that, was that, is that, I don't know, was the tactics not working out or strategy not working out? Because obviously Plan A was a very attacking team and it, did it go badly wrong? Well, you know, it was one, it was one all at half time, but we needed to establish more control in the game. And, uh, you know, I don't, it was just, obviously we got punished for the mistakes that we made. Um so we're disappointed to lose the game. I think uh, I take responsibility as manager for that. You know, I think uh, obviously um, that's that's the reality. You know, I do take responsibility for you know a game that we would have wanted to to, to you know certainly not to lose. And um, yeah, so. Just the, that goal after half time absolutely shifted the, the balance of the game again and more or less the first attack. So you know, we're absolutely kicking ourselves with that. Stephen Kenny there speaking after the 2 1 defeat to Greece and Athens in the Euro qualifier last night. David Connolly, former Ireland striker on the line with us here on Off the Ball Saturday. Um, there's no hiding place for a manager in any football uh, job in, in the modern world. Um, but the problem for Stephen Kenny is, is that it's one step forward, one and a half steps back, maybe. Yeah, and he was, um, I mean, you could tell he was struggling to find the right words there because I think he knows, um, you know, whatever he may say, if it's the wrong thing, you know, could be could be jumped on. So, um, 
I think he was he was really struggling to find the right the right words to convey because you know the disappointment. Look, you're away from home, right? You play these sides as we played, and Gary will tell you coming up soon, 10 years or whatever. You go to these difficult places to go. You know, if you're not in the, if you're not playing well, you take, you, you know, you get back in the game 1 1, you take your medicine and you go, well, if we can get out of here of a point, that'll do us and forget the ambitions of, of you know, because you look at the side, right? I mean, uh, Adam Eder hadn't started in 18 months or whatever it is. Callum O'Dowder, probably similar, even longer, maybe lack of goals in the team, you know, put all that together. Was it an ambitious start in 11? Probably, right? In hindsight, probably way too ambitious to start with a front two. Um, probably more pragmatic. He might look back and go, I should have been more pragmatic like I was against France with the one up top. Um, you, uh, you know, I might have looked at getting a game in because all the training in the world cannot replicate, you know, some lads only having the odd few minutes here, there, and, and and whatever. Now, I'm sure the lads will be better for the for the Gibraltar game, but I mean, he was he was struggling to find the words there, knowing that it would be it would be seized upon. Um, you know, they were they were way off it, and, and and Matt obviously struggled for to to you know put into words out ex- explanations for it, and and so did and so did Stephen. But I think you, a couple of things I've just said there would probably go a long way to doing it. A couple of positional errors I think in terms of who he selected and a few tactical things not about whether you play three four two one or whatever but as things develop on the pitch you know where your players are positioned within that that back three because look we can talk about say Man City right Guardiola do the player back four or back three half the time they might play a back four but one of those back four might end up in midfield so they have a back three but how those back three play those positions in a back three and he mentioned the second goal as I said the second goal was awful, Don. Absolutely awful. Forget the, the the performance as a whole, because if you get out of there one-one, you you breathe a sigh of relief and you move on. What you don't do is make it, it, it is make a glaring error like like Callum O'Dowda did and Daryl Lenehan there, not covering across to to make it easy for them to to get a chance to score a second goal. And you know that was uh, that was really disappointing. David Connolly there on Football Saturday. We're back after this. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. The inquest has begun into the Republic of Ireland's 2-1 defeat to Greece last night in the Euro qualifier. Mm, looking pretty bleak now in terms of our chances of going to Germany next year. David Connolly, the former Irish strikers on the line. Gary Breen joining us after four. Uh, you can text us 53106 just to bring up to speed on what's going on elsewhere. Totten Cup quarterfinals. Limerick 10 points. Leash 9 at halftime of the Gaelic Grants. Meath play Wexford uh, at four o'clock before we go off air. Offaly to Brary also four o'clock throw in at O'Connor Park before we go off air. In the Ladies Senior Football Championship Group 2 round 1 Donegal 2-10 Waterford 1-8 result and Leash 2-8 Armagh 3-12 a result as well Group 1 round 1. In the Camogie Championship halftime Cork 3-6 down 1-5 in, that was in Group 1 in Group 3 Antrim 2-10 Offaly 1-7 is a halftime score. Remember the golf Rory McIlroy 8 under par at the midway point of the US Open in Los Angeles 2 off the lead held by Ricky Fowler and Rory tees off about half 11 Irish time so if you're a night owl you'll enjoy that uh, we have comments in here uh, Zan on YouTube we had to break our backs to qualify for anything even when we had a team that was full of Premier League players uh, Ryan Markey on YouTube terrible performance always reported Kenny but tactics were non-existent unfortunately time is up for Kenny I'd like to see a manager come in like Lee Carsley or Ian Foster 
another one five three on a six. I disagree. We needed to mix it up more. We had plenty of long balls last night, either inaccurate or poorly controlled by Ida, especially poor execution in all aspects of play last night. Says one of our texters in five three on a six. Another one coming in. Uh, until we get a world-class midfielder or two, we'll find it very hard to compete. Cullen's a good player, but he won't be Premier League standard. Molumbi's not international standard. There's only so much Bazunu, Collins, Egan, etc. can do, but no midfield. We've got no chance. But uh, Josh Cullen was one of the best players in the championship uh, last season, wasn't he, David Connolly? Um, Burnley have been promoted. But the pass completion rate last night was very poor from the midfield. Why is it that, do you think? I don't. I don't know. I mean, he just had a, yeah, he had a bad game, and he often got in the way. I think he he tried to he cut out or tried to control a pass that wasn't meant for him at, in, at one stage, if you remember. And I forget. I forget he tried to switch the play, but um, you know, he just made un, he was uncharacteristic, I guess, in in his play. He was yeah, he was disappointed. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it was the you know like had something to do with the, with the break I mean you look we've seen um, you know we've seen say Man City and Jack Grealish have you know a few good nights celebrating success the, the, the lads obviously at the end of a season would go away and have a holiday um, is know, it hard to rise it again is what is, is, I suppose what well, you're trying to get at yeah uh, yeah I guess I am and that, that that might be a mitigating circumstance and hopefully the lads will be better against Gibraltar and like I say if you if you if you dig in and and come away with a one one you you probably take that on the chin because look I think Stephen alluded to to the issue of this anyway like going back when he uh, he named the squad for the training camp you know I think he alluded to the fact that you know, there's a long break between the end of the championship season and and the game in Greece ie you know, we've got to really consider and get this right because this is a, you know, a situation that, that, that we're in, which, you know, might impact on our performance levels. Because look, any manager, you want to be playing regularly. Or the players want to be playing regularly. And it, maybe in hindsight, you put all that together and go, you know, would we have done, uh, played a game? Would we have select different players? And even the selection of, say, uh, say, say Callum. I know Callum O'Dowd because I worked at Bristol City and Callum was there. I've known Callum from my time at Oxford. You know, Callum is a winger, and that is why you know wing backs are a hybrid of a winger and a fullback, right? But I think you 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 know you you kind of away from home, you might he might look back in hindsight, and he obviously decided that you know um, after fifty odd minutes or whatever that it wasn't working, and you know he might have think now I should have played a more defensive minded player away from home. So yeah, I think. Um, it was uh, it, the attacking lineup, two up top, maybe the 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 adventurous wing backs because some wing backs are more defensive minded and some are more attacking. And Callum was always a winger. I known him at Oxford when I don't know was that ten years ago probably when I was when I I went there on loan. Um, uh, uh, you know when I was 35, 36, 37, he was just a youngster coming through. He was always a winger, Callum, and he's very powerful. You know he runs all day, but he's had to adapt and try and learn to be a defender but he's not an out and out defender and you saw that yesterday he got done a couple of times but you know maybe in hindsight you think I should have selected a more defensive you know maybe a defensive minded fullback maybe yeah. you know, instead of Callum the Ashes, uh, England were, what, at Edgerston, 393 for eight declared, and they've reduced Australia to 188 for four now. So England definitely in the ascendancy in the first test in that one. Um, there were bad days with Mick, obviously, David, like you failed to qualify for the Euros in 2000 when we were in a really good position to, position to do so. Like, how will the players be feeling now? It'll be pretty... 
I know, like, I, I just think, like, Gibraltar, one of the worst teams in Europe, so we're, we're probably going to beat them, and it's, like, it's a nice little boost, but they must be feeling pretty, pretty, pretty ropey today, just mentally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, look, make no mistake, we're, I'm not, we're not here, I'm not here to hang, hang the lads out to dry, but, I mean, in those days, it was a bit harder to qualify for, for tournaments, although we probably were a few seconds away from doing so a few times, but, look, they got, they got to pick themselves up, and, and, you know, the good thing is they got a home game, against the weakest team you know which in some ways you think well you know is that a good thing but I, I think it is the the pressure will be on to go and win but I think you would rather have that and as I said a lot of these lads will have a game in their belts which they you know you, you can't you, you just cannot replicate I, like for example as I touched on Edda going through the minutes that say Adam Eder had going into this game right he had 34 against Blackpool 25 against West Brom uh, 45 against QPI, he did get a goal. Um, you know, Obafemi had, he's basically, Ober, Michael Obafemi's had 105 minutes at club level from mid-March to the end of April. 105 total minutes, that is, John. Yeah. Total minutes. That's just, that's about one game he's had in, you know, in the, the best part of two months, more, you know? So it's difficult. It's very difficult for Stephen. But you would say, well, why play Adam then if he Adam if he hasn't really had the game time away from home? But as I said, I hope he wasn't clouded by Adam turning up last time because you know you sometimes you know you've got to make tough decisions, right? And you've got to go well. You know, I know he turned up last time, and, and Norwich was saying he wasn't fit. But and, and it's great. It's great to have lads like that. But away from home, it was the it was the wrong call to play two up top. Uh, so it was a case of you got to play everybody who's almost had as much time as even no, if even, but you, no? it's it's just it's just it's so I think you've got I've t we've said this numerous times as well John because being Ireland manager is probably it, it's, it's unlike probably any other biggest job in this country David in well it's country. unlike it's, un it's unlike any other job in not too many jobs in football are like this for lads getting regular game time is very very difficult right for for who to select so you've you've got to be so skilled because every player some players might be able to play without playing a lot of minutes some players you might be able to rely upon them playing even though they haven't had many minutes at club level so matt doherty they're saying um our season finished um whatever it was a couple of days beforehand but he's been training he's bang on it maybe Stephen goes, I can trust uh, Matt, although I know he got sent off whatever, but put that to one side. I can trust Matt, although he hasn't been playing regularly, I can trust him that he's been doing enough to put enough in the tank that he can go and start in an international competitive game for me and deliver. But maybe for some others, that's not the case. Like as a centre forward, maybe for Adam Eder, he needs to be playing regularly to make that ball stick for his touch to be good. All that sort of stuff. Every position, John, and every player is nuanced. You can't just throw out a big blanket umbrella over everyone and go well you haven't played enough minutes he can't play I'm not saying that but yeah. as a manager that's your that's your ability as a manager right to Stephen to recognise who can and who can't deliver for me or you know when they're not playing or they haven't had game in a long time or who can who can play for me like in that way a bit like at club level can you throw players in who, who've been out injured who haven't been playing some do some you can't okay David Connolly, thanks so much for the last hour. And Gary Breen will be joining you, your old sparring partner with Ireland, uh, for between four and five to reflect on the last night's uh, defeat 2 1 to Greece in Athens. On Football Saturday here, if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us out off the wall. You can text us at a cost of 30 cents and 53106. We'd love to hear from you. Is this the end of the road for this current uh, Republic of Ireland project, or do you still have faith that uh, we should uh, 
stick the fake, stick with the team, stick with Stephen Kenny, and uh, move on to the next game, which is your Gibraltar on Monday. We're back after the news. And this is Football Saturday on News Talk until 5 with John Duggan. You can text us 53106, tweet us out off the ball. We're streaming the conversation as well. You can listen on News Talk across the country. Also watch us on the digital and social channels for Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube and on Facebook. We also podcast the show on the Off the Ball section of the Go Loud Network every week. Also available wherever you get your pods. David Connolly's been with us for the last hour to reflect on the Republic of Ireland's 2-1 defeat to uh, Greece and Athens last night. Also joined on the line now by the former Republic of Ireland defender Gary Breen. Gary, how are you? Good to talk to you. Good afternoon. How are you, John? It's been a while. Yeah, and and, and you, Gary, and, and your old sparring partner. Did you not share a room, lads, uh, David and Gary, in the, when you were your roommates with yeah, Ireland? For, oh yeah, for far too long. David, uh, uh, who annoyed each other more, yourself or Gary? Oh, definitely David annoyed me more, without <laughs> a shadow of a doubt, as he does to most of his teammates. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, that, look, they were the best, probably the best days of our lives, really, playing for Ireland, two, uh, rooming together. Although, um, yeah, Gary probably had the short straw um, rooming with me because, you know, we like to marry couple. But, um, yeah, we, uh, no, we had, good, we had good fun. We had really good fun. Uh, it was great. It was a great time in terms of playing the dream come true. It's well documented now, John, isn't it? That um, David and I are, are the type of, guys brought up in, in, in England, in London, in very Irish culture. So for us to fulfill a dream from such a young age to play for, to play for our country was just, it, it, was, it was everything we hoped it would be and more. And it obviously capped off by playing the biggest competition in the world for our country. Your Kerry lineage, Gary, I believe. Kerry and Claire, yeah. Um, every holiday, half term, Onto the coaches, onto the ferries, over that rough, that rough boat ride over. That wasn't wasn't for the faint-hearted as such, but um, the excitement more than anything coming over for Ireland and the freedom. Then is like David would tell you, we, we live in central London, and then suddenly you're on the farms of Clare and Kerry, and also Cork down there with my uncle and auntie as well. So fabulous times. And uh, David, your Galway lineage as well as as you've said on the show many times, uh, Gary. Okay. Take it away from last night. What are your thoughts? Well, really, um, ultimately, I, I was going into that game, John, and I was thinking really positively in terms of um, the performance against France and the way that we set up. Containment tactics were coached really well, executed really well, and just felt agonizingly short. You know, you've got to stay in the game against a team like France. We managed to do that to such an extent that a team like France were hanging on towards the end didn't manage to get the points. So they put huge emphasis then on this home game. And I think, and Dave will tell you this, when the draws are made as a player, you can identify games straight away, which are going to be pivotal. You, you, you can look past the kind of higher profile ones where they kind of take care of themselves. But certainly this was the game that I feel Ireland had to win. And likewise, Greece would have identified that they had to win against Ireland because then it would supplement anything you were able to, 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 to win against the two top seeds. That's why it was so important coupled with the fact that we were going into this game and I felt that the team was right in terms of the way they were playing. Stephen had talked about adopting maybe a counter-attacking style and I'd watched Greece play quite um, regularly and certainly the last game against Lithuania at home. I just felt that they played out from the back, they were expansive, those fullbacks got in high advanced position, two centre-halves would split and they played those balls into midfield but I wasn't convinced that they were good enough in midfield to do that and I thought from that moment, I thought that is right for us to go hunting in a way that we probably done so well against Scotland last summer. I thought it was made for us. 
and we just did not turn up. And that is a crushing defeat, not just in isolation because you can lose away games, we have done, but in the whole context of the three-year reign of Stephen Kenny, that we were led to believe that this team was ready on the back of that nine, ten-day build-up that they'd been together training um, training camp. But I felt that they would really nail down the tactics, and I just didn't see any of that last night. To my utter frustration. Could you put your finger on why David felt um, maybe they could have had a game would have been better than this training camp? Yeah, listen, I, I, I can understand in terms of the training camp, but I alluded to it last night in commentary when uh, Rob Daly, the, the commentator, asked me about that game. Is that, but you're not going to go into tackles with your teammates the way you are in, in, in a game. You're just not going to do that for fear of hurting someone. You can try and replicate as much as you as you possibly want. And Dave, David alluded to it there. You can, And David was, was a fitness fanatic. I was as well. But you can't replicate it on your own. And you need that competitive games. And, and I just felt that... We always felt it, it was tough. It was tough for us, definitely, those summer internationals in terms of bridging the gap from that, the end of your domestic season to, to, to them playing. But I just felt, and, and Dave was perf- it, it summed it up perfectly there in terms of, you might even have guys you regularly play throughout the domestic season and then you've got to bridge it from six weeks. But we had so many guys who haven't actually played. So it, it, was, it was a tough challenge. You felt that maybe could they have learned from last summer against Armenia where they got it wrong in terms of we didn't have any energy. The game petered out of there. And it's just replicated it again, this, this one, on what was ultimately the biggest game that they, them guys were going to play. Are we now at a point where this uh, project might have come to an end, Gary, in your view? Uh, John, I, I, that's not something I ever like, you know, yeah. I want to comment, yeah. comment on the games. I don't want to speculate in terms of people's jobs, but I, I'm, I'm not like foolish enough to know that this won't come under criticism now. Of course it will. There, there will be people now who are led to believe that this was going to be something and uh, three years in, it just hasn't materialised. Now, we've seen young players coming through. Um, but there are other, you know, you've got guys like Bazuno, uh, Collins and Ferguson. They're going to come through in any era, regardless of the manager. They're, they're, they're the type, you know, they're not the really ones that you give kudos to the manager in a way that you don't really give kudos to Jack about Roy Keane, Gary Kelly coming through or Mick McCarthy with the likes of Robbie Keane, Damien Duffshay given. Them guys are coming through and John O'Shea under Brian Kerr. They're coming through no matter what. I think where you do give him credit is the likes of, of the development of people like Jason Malumbi those type of guys who have um, been given the opportunity and he's worked with them and, and now they're, they're competitive at that level. So they and, and, and Cullen as well, those type of guys. But they, sh- I, I genuinely believe that that group of players should be further along in terms of what they are showing us. And I don't mean, I don't mean in terms of the plaudits because they've got lots of plaudits, but I just believe that that squad at this moment of time need points now, not plaudits. David? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, um, uh, uh, just touching on, just say the game, right? So I looked at um, Shamrock and Bose, right? Shamrock Rovers and Bose. Their last game, they played on the ninth, yeah? And they played each other on the 23rd. Was there anything stopping Stephen arranging to play Bose or Shamrock Rovers? They got two weeks. Both of those have got a two-week break, right, between their next game, if I'm right, if I'm right. So Gary will tell you about the importance of, of game time and being sharp and, you know, because you've got to be careful you don't, do, you, you don't delve too deeply into this because you can obviously play badly. But if you come away with a point, you would take that knowing that you've, got, you've played that game, you're going into Gibraltar, you could take four points out of these two, which is better than obviously, you know, not getting any at Greece. So 
you know, and, and Gary, as, as he said, like fitness was really important to a lot of the lads, you know, being fit, being able to play, ready to go. And and I'm sure in the debrief of this, you will, that Stephen will look back and go, you know, because it, being sharp is really important, as Gary's touched on, like training, you can train, you can train, you can train. Why couldn't they have played Shamrock or Bowes in that gap? I don't, I don't, you know, something like getting 90 minutes into some of the players, 45, 60 minutes, some of those that don't need it, maybe Evan might have played a little bit more, a little bit less. You know, you would individualise it around all the lads, right? But that would have been a perfect time. Rather than go to Turkey, just stay stay home and, and play one of the League of Ireland teams. On that, Dave, yeah, and we would have known this is a, ultimately what you miss more than anything in playing the games is your timing is off. It's not necessarily your fitness, it's your timing. So for me, I'm looking at that initial phase of that first 10 minutes and we've got our three dominant centre-halves. You can't win the first contact. And that's where the, the timing is slightly off. And as a, as a result of that, we concede like six or seven corners and momentum then goes to the home team. The crowd are up. I, I didn't think it was a particularly menacing crowd as such, but nevertheless, the, team, the home team are, are up. But... The only thing I will say about it, this, John, as well, and I wonder if Dave, David agrees, is that as much as we were making about fitness, the structure of the team just didn't look right. There weren't a time where they, they blew up after 60 minutes. I'm looking at certain scenarios. I'm thinking, why is Cullen not getting on the ball at four? Why, why is he not on a half turn? Why is it more Malumbi? Why is Cullen going pressing high up? There seemed to be no fluidity about that midfield. Malumbi didn't seem like he could be his usual combat itself in terms of getting close to the opposition. And small bone, the game just passed him by, and, and I wouldn't be critical of him. I'm just thinking, well, where was the structure? I didn't, I didn't see any patterns of play in terms of how well they were coached and how well they executed the plan against the French. I just felt that was missing more than anything. So that would be the most alarming thing for me, as opposed to the the, the concerns about fitness. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the issue with the the team is. Uh, if you lose to France home and away look they're the World Cup finalists we haven't qualified for World Cup since you lads were there but it's the inconsistency around losing to Azer, uh, to Luxembourg rather uh, drawing with yeah. Azerbaijan Armenia's a year ago in the heat a 1-0 defeat our Nations League performances have not been good enough and that uh, then that we slipped into this group because of that and the only way we have a chance to have the playoff is to maybe and it's look at like a 50-50 thing we're 10th in league B we're 26th in the league in the Nations League rankings the Nations League actually has a consequence on our ability to qualify for the Euros because we're not going to yeah. qualify through the, through the group now so I suppose the question is if we're if we're going to continue with this path of Stephen Kenny his coaching staff and these players who are you know always very being positive about it and we've had a lot of fans um you know got behind the project you have to have a sense of that, that you we're going to be able to be consistent to get the teams around us or weaker than us to have any chance against against the bigger teams otherwise they're pair victories against the Dutch and the French and that's the worry now going forward that if you don't have the conviction or the confidence that the consistency can be improved then we're just drifting and then we're into a World Cup qualifying campaign having not been at the Euros Well listen it's a different it, it, you're so right John in terms of Nation League and you think of, as an example Greece in terms of the last two campaigns they've played 12 games they've won 8 drawn 3 lost 1 and as a result, as Gus Poyer mentioned in the build-up to the game, they had that safety net of that game as a result of that. And, our, our, you know, our nation league record is truly woeful. It just is. You know, you're talking about that's your, that's your weight division. You're, you're up against your, your so-called equals. And we've won two out of 16. It's just, it, it's, it's shocking in terms of that. 
But you're right. It, it, it's um, it, it's such a difficult one now. I just I just felt that last night that as much as the players talk about, they love it there, and I can understand that. You know, you, you want to support your manager and, and your coaching staff as such. But if you want to if you want to show that, you, you need to perform on the pitch. And just those players, just they just they were shadowed themselves last night. They were way off it. On that consistency thing, it just seems to me there's something that can't be fixed at the moment, um, David. No, I mean, um, you know, I, th- I think it's not easy, but certainly when you play the likes of France and you're set up in a particular way, a particular game plan, obviously to to stifle and contain, it's it's uh, it's one way of playing. The only thing I'd say is, that, you know, we, we, we pick through the bones of, of all the different performances, whether it was like Lithuania or, or Armenia or France or this one. But just because you've got, for example, going away from home... I know they're going away from it. It would have still been, I think, uh, prudent for Stephen, for example, just to stick with the one up top, right? Like he did against France. I think going with two, as we spoke about with Adam Eda, wasn't, you know, the right call. Just because you're, you, what worked, I looked at what worked against uh, France. You might think, well, does Stephen think he has to, or he does the same away from home? against Greece and I, I just didn't see a, a difference really in how they set up apart from maybe you just put another one up top away from home which was a little bit foolhardy and I don't know what Gary thinks but you know if you're not playing well as they weren't playing well as they weren't playing from the defensive third and middle third and you've got Evan Ferguson and you've got Adamida who you know, the ball on the floor was not his strength last night. Well, do you have to be a bit more direct and change your game and mix your game up away from home, knowing that you're not playing particularly well? I don't know what Gary thinks on that, but a lot of times, a lot of games, you go, well, look, we're not, it's not, we're not playing, we're not, it's not working, right? Let's squeeze up the pitch. And I, I didn't, I didn't quite see that, say, in the little drinks break in the game. Anything changed, like in-game management? We spoke about this against France, where they got a, a lot of volume of set pieces, free kicks, and yeah. if you remember. France were already set almost in their own six-yard box, knowing that Ireland were just going to launch the ball. There was nothing ever taken short. There was nothing mixed up, nothing worked down the line to change the angle, to try and get France to come out of that deep position to then maybe have a bit more of a chance of getting on the end. And there was nothing in-game. And that was, you know, I looked last night and go, right, in-game, is there anything going to change? They're not playing well, playing out. Are they going to be a bit more direct? play in the opposition half for a spell but we didn't really see that I don't know how Gary felt on that there was a little there was a little there was a one period on the commentary where I was getting so frustrated with the with the free centre half not to be Collins in terms of their body shape receiving the ball that invariably they weren't opening their body to enable them to pass forward they were kept going back and make, it was easy then for the, for the Greeks to press us and then when the Greek guy got injured there was a little bit of a lull and that was what you're talking about Jack, Dave in-game management John O'Shea come to the touchline pulls um, Nathan Collins over to him must have said something about play forward we played forward then the next two phases invariably it, it resulted in us getting the corner from which we scored from and it just looked like a lack of kind of leadership in, in within the team and I know they're an inexperienced team but there, there had to be someone who said play forward and just pin them back and we never did that well enough and this is a, was a concern for me certainly in the France game as well as we played I never felt at any time that the sidelines were saying to Evan Ferguson stop dropping so deep 
You're not in the team to be defending deep in midfield. Get up the pitch and give the players an outball as such. And I know against a team of France who's quality, everyone has to contribute defensively. But sometimes you have to rely on your defensive units to say that we can cope with it, but we need an outball. Likewise against Armenia, Stephen Kenny comes after the game and said Seamus Coleman or or there was no width Seamus Coleman at right back was narrowing up so much and I'm thinking well we'll tell him then if you give instructions to Seamus Coleman he's going to do them to the letter of the law so how experienced he is so that was a concern for, in, in what is a relatively inexperienced team those messages have to come from, from the sidelines and whether and, and, and of course Stephen Kenny's the manager but I've no doubt the likes of John O'Shea Dean Kiley them guys and Keith Andrews experience at this level will be giving that message but for some reason it was getting lost because it didn't look like that was how they would have been building up for this game to, to, to produce that type of performance last night what now though lads we've got the Dutch home and away we've got France away uh, we have to have some degree of move on we got Greece at home uh, we've got maybe no, a I think we could, I, I, this, what's so frustrating about that result last night is that I think we can take something off the Dutch I'm not convinced about them by any yeah. stretch of the imagination in terms of a new manager coming in so whether or not you can catch them listen they've got good quality players they might be able to adjust and, and, and get it get it sorted but they were they were poor so poor against the French so I, I, I genuinely believe that we could take something off them and that's why it was paramount that you got the three points against Greece that enabled you then if you've got anything off the Dutch you, you, you were in with like being competitive in this group what now though David what now how do we how do we get better at this <laughs> because it just seems like it's Groundhog Day with the Irish team you know it's, a, it's, a, it's yeah. like there's hope and there's a really good performance and then there's a there's, there's a really hammer blow of, of, of a defeat like last night yeah I mean look the, 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 let's, let's um, uh, Gary touched on the uh, say the inexperience I think the average amount of caps they had in that in that side the other night was 17 right so i look at gavin let's go through the team right so from from the back to the front we got real young talent in goal and real young talent up top really really inexperienced internationals and sometimes i look at gavin and he he seems very quiet i, I don't think i don't think gavin is one of those who in game man he's not obviously he's not a shade given yet right Let, but i let's hope he he will become a shade given now, Gary will tell you... Well, Shea Given weren't a Shea Given at his age either. No. That's the also, thing, isn't it? And, and, and this is this is the, the issue. But the, um, I'm clamping with that, Dave. Sorry to interrupt. Is that I, I, I totally agree with that. As young players, you've got so much to learn at international level. We know we, we, we made the mistakes ourselves. So, listen, we're not, by any stretch of imagination, claiming to be as consistent as a Roy King. We made loads of mistakes. But one thing I would say is that even at 18... Evan Ferguson playing for Brighton is unrecognisable from the Evan Ferguson last night. And I'm not being critical of him in terms of that. But he is playing in a well-drilled, structured team play. He knows exactly his role. I'm not sure he did last night. Well, what I would say, though, last night, Evan then has to... Evan and Gavin, for example, have to take on the mantle of being like, you know, two leaders out there, as hard as it might be, considering their inexperience at international level. But they're going to have to. So, you know... If, if it wasn't working, the amount of times I must have looked at, say, Gary or Shay or whatever, and it would be giving the signal, no, it's not working, get up the pitch, or we're going to aim here, or we're going to do this, or you'd have uh, a, a young Robbie screaming at people or whatever it may be. Those are sort of traits that Gavin, who looks naturally quiet, and Evan are going to have to take on with this team. Too timid. They're going to have to, but that might not be their character, but they're going to have to. 
you know, it's all right for, for Gavin to always be rolling the ball out. But at sometimes he's, he's obviously got to take responsibility and go, well, no, I'm, I'm going to take charge because I'm out on the football pitch and this is what I see and, and it's not working for me. So, right, let's, let's all squeeze up the pitch. Let's try something different. And then, you know, be a bit more of a leader. They're only young, but they're going to have to take on that. They're going to have to take on that amount. Of course, both of those are probably going to get 100 caps those players they, 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 listen there's no doubt at international level players of that quality are going to have to learn to be problem solvers but it's a big ass Dave to ask a goalkeeper to totally ignore what the manager wants you to do because you feel that there are there are people you give that responsibility and, and our group would have had well say that World Cup squad I, I, there must have been 12 Premier League Championship captains within that squad so it's, that's not the norm like but it's a big ask for the goalkeeper to say, no, I don't care what you're asking me to do. I'm going to go long here. But well, uh, yeah, I, it, I, just it, think that, I just think that you can pass that ball out if you're centre-arse in a, in, in a body shape to receive it. And as soon as he did get on the half-turn, notably Nathan Collins, he passed it to Matt Doherty. We got up the pitch. You, you, you could pop that ball into to midfield, play little triangles. They, they just, they did not, they weren't forceful enough. The only thing is on, on Gavin, though, just quickly on Gavin, Gavin will have learned really quickly this season yeah. how things can go very, very badly. And he has to take control of his own of his own destiny before, you know, well, as we saw, he, I know he lost his place. I don't necessarily agree with him losing his place to Alex McCarthy, but, you know, he looked low in confidence, coming for things. And look, he made some saves last night that will give him loads of confidence. My point being, if he, if he doesn't take charge of things like at Southampton losing his place likewise with Ireland he probably won't lose his place but it depends what what Cuevan does but the, the point being I, I think both of those players at the bottom end of the pitch and the top part of the pitch I looked at them last night and they both look very very quiet just very very quiet I know the camera only pans to them on certain occasions I don't think it's a natural um, personality to be that vocal but I looked around it didn't seem that much you know communication come from a lot of the lads but certainly the top and bottom of the pitch it would be nice if Gavin go no I ain't doing that a bit like learning from my time at Southampton I'm going to have to do things for, for me right boom we're going to go long get it up to Evan and just see if something something different happens uh, Connor Sullivan on YouTube we should establish high performance academies located around the country that can send their top young players to a premium junior league a tenure plan properly funded with Spanish hard coaching uh, River Wolf on YouTube get the League of Ireland right first year then of the players for the green jersey junior players need to be able to access professional football in Ireland some the kids can aim for and get paid nice money for it uh, Liam Brady uh, we asked David this in the last hour Gary was on uh, RTTV last night obviously after the game and he said this is the worst group of players that any managers had in my lifetime we can go through Martin O'Neill Mick McCarthy, Steve Staunton, Jack Charlton, and Brian Kerr had better players than Stephen Kenny has at the moment. But somehow you've got to mould them into a team that gets a result here, and we haven't done that. So is it almost bigger than who the manager is? Is it just the fact that we just don't have the talent at the moment? Um, there are macro issues, obviously, around the fact that we don't really have an industry here of football, and that's what the FAI are trying to solve, and they're new guys and they're new people uh, with government support here. Are we just in this phase now where we just have to just suck it up a bit? No, I don't think we have to suck it up. I think we can perform better than we did last night. I do think them players are better than what they showed last night. And the question, you know, ultimately you would ask it, and of course Liam is so experienced in terms of all his work in and around Arsenal and that, so he knows about players and their development. He can see, he can see the pathway. He knows what he's talking about as such, but I, I, that is a bit of a sweeping statement, essentially. Listen, we're not, we're not kidding anyone here. We have had stronger squads 
throughout the years. That's evident by how little of our players are in the Premier League. But it's very difficult to play in the Premier League now in terms of how global that league is. It's the strongest league in the world. But I still think we're better and I still think we're capable of more. These players, that's the question that's going to be asked now. And I think it's a legitimate one. Are these players good enough to play for them? Is this manager good enough to lead them? Yeah. Angus is in touch as well David because you played in Holland ask the guests if it's time for Irish footballers to forget about England and travel to play first team in Europe's other leagues I think they should good enough for other countries play European football top coaching maybe we need to be looking um, differently especially with the Brexit thing that it can't be just England or everything you know well, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously there's 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 something in that, but I mean, um, you look at some of the players, we touched on the minutes that a lot of these players have got, those lads that started last night, I mean, trying to find minutes, I mean, Will Smallbone, for example, this is his first season at championship level, he's 23, you know, you're you, it, it, it's not like at 23 years old, I don't know, Gary might say, uh, 23 years old, he's probably had 200 yeah. games under his belt. You know, so yeah, it's difficult. Uh, with the, it's with the academies, David, and they hold these players for longer now, don't they? You don't yeah. go out and play. And that's your learning curve, really, John, when you're playing for points and the pressure's on. That's not to say you don't get great coaching at these academies, because you, you certainly do. But I think what you, you probably lose in that and not playing for points is that you don't learn how to problem solve yourself. And that's a worry. Listen, Dave, Dave will probably be bashful here about this, but. When Dave went to play for the area Divisi, he came back with an absolutely, totally different professionalism that even in the Ireland squad we hadn't done. He was doing salutes to the sun and all these type of things in the morning, driving mad. I'd be trying to like get that last 20 minutes. He's up with the curtains drawn, like doing all this stretching, drinking all these potions. But it, it, but he was an absolute model professional in terms of his athleticism, Dave, and stuff like that. And I think it's a great learning curve. And, and probably the biggest example for that, certainly, and I agree with that caller or that um, email that came in, is that is Josh Cullen. Really struggling to get his football in and around, goes to, to Belgium, excels there, comes back and then as a, as, as a completely different player. And, and that's kind of um, at the same time that he established himself in the Ireland team. And I think it's a great, I, I, I think for a certain, I mean, we've worked, Dave and I have worked a lot in the Eredivisie. I think it's a brilliant league for young players. You get an opportunity to play in what is a brilliant league. It's not, it's obviously it's a standard below the Premier League over the last few years, but it's a great opportunity. And I think any young player should do it. And I think we are seeing it more, John, aren't we? We are seeing these younger lads going out to to Spain, to, to, to Holland, Germany, Germany yeah. to Italy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and like, fantastic. You still drinking just, the, drinking the just, potions, David, are you? <laughs> um, yeah, that's why I look so young. Yeah, yeah, only joking. Um, <laughs> that's why he's still got his hair and mine's gone, look, you see? Mine's falling out from rooming with him. He was driving me mad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the move abroad is, is one thing. But just, just, just coming back to this, Scott, I'm not going to leave this, right? Because I do genuinely feel when you are, an inf when you are a lesser ability player, team, club, right? You look historically, teams that I've been involved in or whatever, you would have to be fitter, stronger, quicker, sharper than anyone else, right? And you mentioned Josh Cullen, so I'll just come back to this really quickly because the other night you can talk about fitness, no fitness, this, that and the other. This is a perennial problem for, um, for Stephen Kenny that he has to deal with managing 
what game time players have. And I do believe you can get more out of players and those you know at your disposal if they have minutes under the belt or they are fitter, right? So if Ireland are going to be inferior to some teams, how are they going to make that up? Well, I'll give you one example. Josh Cullen, you just touched on him, right? Burnley are back pre-season training yeah, last week. Two weeks ago. Two yeah. weeks ago. Right. So, you know, images came out. And that is Burnley, who won, who won the league or whatever. Vincent Company. Why are they back training? Gary Terry, they're back training because he knows they are going to be inferior to every other Premier League team, probably. And to make that up, they have to either work tactically, physically, technically to make that gap up so that they do remain in the Premier League. How are they going to do that? They're probably not going to do it if they turn up the training the same time as everyone else. You like your standard uh, five, six weeks, whatever it is, you know. So he's brought them in yeah, early. But Dave, you know that because they won the league so comfortably, they were able to coast to those last couple of weeks knowing they were up. So they could pull back on the lads' training and invariably then say, right, they're going to have their proper four or five-week break as opposed to Luton. Luton have played deep into the summer with the playoffs. So Rob Edwards is having to, he's going to have to give them a break because otherwise they're going to blow, they're going to blow up by Christmas. So it is managing that. And that's where sports science comes in. We, God, they bang the drum, don't they, sports science, as if they've invented the game. But this is their time to make sure that you get players at optimum fitness. Yeah, so this is what, but that's coming back to Stephen and what his task he's got and the task he had leading up to this game because this defeat might be pivotal in it. My point being, how you manage that six-week period, knowing that you've got lads like who Oberfemi has played a hundred minutes in two months, you know, it, it is so important. I think, and I'm not saying they haven't done enough or they haven't thought about it enough. But when you see like you know Burnley going back into training after after a few weeks or whatever it is, you know, it just shows you that well, that's that's Vincent Company, you know, uh, Guardiola disciple, wherever it may be. Well he knows the importance of it David Connolly and Gary Breen are on Football Saturday if you want to text us you can 53106 at the cost of 30 cents we're going to be back after the break uh, with the lads just to bring us up to 5 uh, just Talton Cup quarterfinals Limerick 14 points Leash 12 the Gaelic Grands Mead 111 Wexford 2 points that is some score from Navin Offaly 8 points Tipperary 321 after half an hour of the preliminary quarter-final in the hurling, our uh, Liam Cahill's side, real dark horses for this All-Ireland. Um, in the ladies' football earlier on, Donegal 2-10, Waterford 1-8, and Leash 2-8, Armagh 3-12 results. In the Camogie Championship results, Cork 3-19, Down 1-10, and Antrim 3-16, Offaly 1-12. Remember Rory McElroy, eight under par, two off the lead of Ricky Fowler, going into the third round of the US Open later. We're back after this. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you three to five on Football Saturday with David Connolly and Gary Breen, both former Republic of Ireland internationals who represented our country at the World Cup in 2002. Um, we have a text in here, 53106. Uh, John, you said Gibraltar, one of the worst teams in Europe at this rate, will we'll be just as bad. Things must change. We're going nowhere. We can't even beat Luxembourg, says now. Well, Luxembourg was at the very start of Stephen Kenny's tenure. Oshin on YouTube, uh, Kenny uh, started off with some big ideas, then went pragmatic with five at the back under the influence of Anthony Barry. We lost our way completely. Uh, PL on YouTube, whenever Kenny leaves uh, slash is fired, there's no guarantee we'll be able to secure a talented manager at all. Who would want it? We run the risk of going back to Trapattoni football for the next decade. 
Um, well, it's not, I suppose, our job to call for Stephen Kenny's head here today. It's up to the FAI board to decide whether he's the man to lead us into beyond the Euros, whether we qualify or not into the World Cup campaign. Maybe we can beat the Dutch at home in a way. Maybe we'll beat Greece at home. Maybe it's not a lost cause just yet on the basis of one result last night, uh, although it has been obviously a, a difficult start. Like, I hope we can qualify for the Euros under Stephen Kenny. Uh, it'd be great to see him try and lead us to a finals, but uh, you have to be real about the uh, results and the inconsistency that can't go on forever for uh, competitive wins in 23 games is not great reading um, that's the difficulty isn't it guys it's uh, David it's just uh, yeah. it's a bit of an elephant in a room at this stage you know well I mean is it, well, okay let's touch on the on the Gibraltar game because you know they've lost 3-0 in the last three games right so it, you could you you would if you if you say anything other than you know a win is enough then you'll be full because they have to beat them Right, they have to be. If they don't beat Gibraltar, then I imagine probably Stephen would probably. Well, I'm not sure he would resign, but I, I guess he would be. He might be forced into if they don't beat Gibraltar. So, I mean, let's just let's just talk what may happen. So, if that does happen, then Ireland might be looking for a manager. I mean, they'll have to beat Gibraltar, right? They, they will have to on Monday. If they don't, then I think there's. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone would would have any justification anything other than changing manager yeah you know I suppose it's just the real reality of the conversation at the moment it's just not yeah he's, he's, yeah it is yeah it, it, so it, you can't you can't escape it so the lads will know they'll have to put on a really yeah yeah really good performance but let's say look further ahead than that because you're touching on the players I mean what is going to change that there's a lot of a lot of Irish or, um, uh, lads obviously I mean Mark Sykes hasn't really played we can touch Mikey Johnson what lads are going to change and have improved yeah. improved minutes under the belt I mean is Michael Oberfemi going to play any more at Burnley than he did this in probably not I'm just interested because no. his name has been mentioned David Lee Carsley what do you know about him as a coach yeah. over there because he's really highly rated yeah I mean look Lee is a great friend of of, um, of Gary and myself and um, you know fantastic very popular fantastic lad and and you know Lee uh, Lee has based himself in development football right so Lee was at Brentford I went to see Lee when he was working at Brentford and see how they work I went uh, Mark Warburton was a manager went into the manager's room and, and how they that he took over a little bit as an interim um, but he didn't want to be a first team manager job he then uh, w was was trying to find I tell you this you know and Lee won't mind me saying this but he was trying to find a sort of um What's the what's the right word here? He's trying to find a mentor. He's trying to find a mentor in coaching, and he knew that I knew um, someone called John McDermott, who was the Tottenham Academy manager. I'd known John since I was about ten years old, and I said, "Well," he said, "Well, could you, you know, get me to to talk to John?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll talk to John." And and so anyway, I helped to get those two together, and 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 I think John ended up being a real mentor for um, uh, for Lee. And helped him with his coaching journey, and and he was pivotal in sort of development football. And then obviously Lee then got the England job, twenty one job, and you know I've been to see Lee work. I've seen him coach uh, with England, and Gary, I tell you, I mean, fantastic lad. If 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 that became possible, um, he's under pressure obviously to 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 deliver with with England under twenty ones, but. Um, someone like Lee in the future for Ireland would be fantastic. 
Yeah, no, I'm not advocating for that. I'm just curious because he's so highly rated, Gary. Uh, what is what is attributed? Yeah, yeah, I can understand you asking us the question and maybe give you an insight because I would be the same, John. If anyone's worked with a coach, I'm like, well, what, what's he about as such? And and Dave alluded to it there, Carzo so meticulous in terms of what he'd done. Initially started off at Coventry in a youth team there. And, and as Dave said there, on a few occasions, he's had to take the senior team at Coventry and at Brentford, he did it as well. And I think they were so impressed with him. Then he had a spell up at Manchester City with their youth team in terms of learning under Guardiola in terms of how they were doing things and what have you. And just so far thorough in terms of he's on a coaching journey to be the best he can possibly be to such an extent. And, I don't think it would betray any confidence, but he's into going into kind of other, um, not necessarily sports, but he went up to meet the Royal Ballet in terms of their fitness levels. What are they doing to be able to produce the, the physiques that those incredible athletes, although it's ballet and it's dancing, they're amazing athletes. He'd go that fast to know what, what are your training methods, blah, blah, blah. So he is so thorough. Um, that's not... That, um, that's not me adding to any speculation. You're just asking me what is he like as a as a coach. He's a brilliant coach. He really is, and he's been with young players, developing the best players in the country. So, of his Manchester City team, John uh, Phil Foden would have been part of that. He'd been coaching him all the time and stuff. So he's around those. And as Dave alluded to there, he's playing with the best young players or coaching with the best young players in England. And and as as Dave said there, very pressurised job that because of the quality that England have in terms of coming through that production line that they have such good players that they expect as their as their kind of younger age groups have been have been beating um, and winning big competitions at various age groups so it's a huge pressure but a massive like kind of compliment to Lee that he was actually entrusted to get that job there'd be loads of people after that job there's such a kudos attached to it so stepping aside in terms of whether or not we're, we're speculating about him for that. We've just give you an insight of what he yeah. is like. And he's very, he is one of the best young coaches in, in, um, the, in, in and around the Premier League. Well, yeah. as well, as well, John, I'll touch on that with, with, with Gary. If you look at, um, you know, Stephen's uh, coaching staff, you would say Lee has got far more experience yeah. uh, in coaching than any, any of them that is supporting maybe not Dean Kiley because he's worked so much Dave hasn't he in terms of holding his craft as well oh yeah I mean Dean, coaching for a long life, but, yeah, but certainly yeah. he's far yeah. more experienced than Keith Andrews or John O'Shea yeah 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 exactly yeah I mean Dean obviously has been a goalkeeping coach for, uh, I mean what 20 odd I don't know 50 how many years yeah oh I've you're aging him Dave Dave you won't be happy with that 20 year quote <laughs> <laughs> you're putting him in yeah. the 50s there <laughs> but yeah he's um but certainly, he's he's got a he's got a pedigree, you would say, and a resume. He's got a CV, Lee. hasn't he? Yeah, he has got. Yeah, a, he's got yeah. a very impressive and, CV. And the um, the interview process um, I spoke to you about for for England, you know, was that as it has to be, right? It has to be absolutely thorough, um, going through various um, uh, different screening stages um, yeah. to get to, to get that job. So um, that's that's wonderful for for. For Lee, former Ireland international, and 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 he will obviously be linked to to the Ireland job, I guess. Yeah, actually, while he's um, working in, in in these roles. Dave, I forgot we we um, Dave, I, Lee Carsley, quite a few others done our management diploma at Warwickshire University in terms of dealing with interviews and how you deal with the media and how you deal away from the actual coaching as such. It's how you deal with being a manager and stuff. And he passed with flying colours, didn't he? I mean, what you would say, I think at Man City, you've got Pep Guardiola from above basically 
telling everyone how to do things, even filtering down to the youth team. And I yeah. think, I think, I think Lee is his own man. I think he likes to. I can't, I, I can't talk for Lee, but yeah, Shay, I think he likes to be his own man and 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 have a degree of autonomy with, within that. But you know, with England, say for example, I think he's had a few coaches. You know, he's been given some coaches say that are working with him, and maybe at some point, I'm just speculating. At some point, he might want to go. Well, you know, I want to do things my way, and and when I'm ready, I'll go for that job and I'll get the staff that I want. For example, if that's with Ireland, when you're. Yeah. If that ever happens yeah. as, as Look, a number one. He could be a future Ireland manager. He's doing all the right things. Uh, as I said, I'm not advocating. I don't think you guys are for, for a change here. It's no, not but fair. John, it just shows you the quality yeah. of coaches yeah. that we do have coming through. Yeah. Like we talked about Damien Duff and the work he did as well. And of course, you know, um, you've probably seen it firsthand what he's doing over in the League of Ireland. But there are other lads out there coaching and doing great Irish lads. We, we, we've got a real presence out there now in terms of, and it's wonderful. Yeah, like I think everybody in the country wants the Republic of Ireland managers to succeed, uh, and and, and uh, there's no question about that. I certainly yeah. want Stephen Kenny to. Succeed. I want to turn this around in this yeah. campaign. Right, listen, John, this is the one thing is that I and Dave will be the same. I want Ireland players to have dreamed of playing for Ireland from a boy, and I want the Ireland manager to have dreamed of being the Ireland manager. And there's no doubt that Stephen Kenny did. Yeah, and hopefully we'll be able to turn around this campaign but it's just getting to the stage now where with every defeat like this it's just it's just difficult because it's you know the route is so difficult now with the French and the Dutch and the Dutch are in disarray as we know um, like maybe we get a win and, and, a, and, a, and a, at least four points out of the Dutch the ma- the, maybe the we'll be greeted home John, the massive frustration is, is it's two straight losses at the start of the campaign yeah, again. for a third campaign yeah. for a third time so effectively you're giving yourself a mountain to climb to, to it's literally the, the campaigns are over before they've even properly begun. That's the frustration, and that is why that result result last night hurt so much. Hey, John, just just the other thing as well is uh, on that, uh, Gary. So, say this new investment plan, right, from the FAI, like uh, Abbottstown is, you know, needs to be brought up to standard. Um, the investment in in um, you know grassroots League of Ireland, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You, if I'm not saying. Stephen would accept a substandard training centre, right? But, you know, if you're going to, whatever happens in the future, wherever the island manager is, you want someone who comes in there and has the personality to demand high standards as, you know, we played with, say, Roy Keane or whatever, always wanted better, better pitches, better facilities, better this, better that. And I'm not saying Stephen has suffered that or put up with that but whoever comes in you you know you you want that person to have the real personality go right yeah you know well, they have to have the money and the backing of the government and, well, the, and the and the fai well, so look yeah but you, you know say say we're going to talk about lee Carsey. he might be working with england fantastic st george's park man city uh the, the Etihad campus wherever it may be you know it might be a little bit different for Ireland, although it shouldn't you know but the next whatever happens You've got to keep driving those standards to keep making them better, you know, for the players. Just before we finish up, and uh, as I said, look, we're hoping we can turn this around. It's just a, it's been a tough 24 hours for the national team. Gary, did you enjoy the season? Man City obviously winning the, the treble. Oh, John, I really did. I just, I was so impressed by Manchester City that in terms of the way they're playing, the hybrid roles of certain players. I mean, Dave and I are, are, are pretty... Um, studious in terms of watching different styles of football they just were so impressive I looked at Arsenal at one stage John I know you probably 
we're happy enough to see how that petered out for them. But certainly, on that first half performance at Anfield, when they were 2 0 up, I thought, they could do this. But it just shows you when you're in the business end of the season, it's all well and good, like when everything's the sunshine and everything. But when the real pressure's on, Manchester City just went to another gear and they were thoroughly deserved treble winners. I was delighted to see them do it. And David, any reflections uh, from you on the on the Champions League final or the the, the well, business end of the season? Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's pleasing for the promoted sides that stayed up. It just shows you that you know um, maybe the the, uh, the 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 sort of balance might have just shifted ever so slightly. The fact that they've Dave as a Watford man, do you think Luton will stay up? Um, no, I don't. But I think that um, I think it's. You know, whoever would have gone up, say, I think it's it's great for you know it's great for Luton one for the for the place, the area, the money that that you know will go into that area. The ground will be a leveler for them. You know, going to play mm-hmm. there can be difficult, but they'll add to the Premier League. And I think you know, in in that regard, I think um, uh, it's sort of I think the end of the Championship season was was quite exciting, and I think I think it makes for a you know, uh, an interesting upcoming Premier League, make no mistake. You know, Forrest still in there. Fulham did well staying yeah. up. You know, so uh, I think in that regard, it's been obviously Sheffield United is good for us. You know, Sheffield United going back up. Uh, few, few, obviously, a few of the Irish boys in there. So, yeah, it should be good. And, and obviously, we forget about, you know, Newcastle Champions League football, you know, and Brighton, what a season they had. So, oh, they were amazing, Man's, Brighton, yeah. yeah. And also, your neck of the woods, Brentford. Yeah, Brentford were, Brentford were brilliant. So there's a lot of really good sort of examples of top elite level coaches at the absolute very, very top doing doing really, really well. And um, yeah, and obviously next season for Evan and Brighton, will, I, I'm sure will be, you know, much like this one. It'll be, uh, it'll be fantastic. Always David Connolly and Kerry and Claire's Gary Breen. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, Football Saturday to reflect on last night and uh, have a great summer, lads. Summer well. Cheers, lads. Thanks, Take John. Care. Take care, mate. Cheers, 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 John. Thank you. And uh, we got to live it there, folks. Don't forget, we're back tomorrow, 1-7 to 7 here on News Talk. We've got Neil Ewing at Breffney Park for the Gaelic Football Doubleheader involving Dublin and Sligo and Toronto Westmeath, while Colin Boyle will be in Carrick and Shannon for Galway against Armagh. There's a Sunday paper review with Shane Keegan and Kevin Byrne. We'll reflect upon, further, the Republic of Ireland versus Greece and look ahead to Gibraltar, the game on Monday with Stephen Doyle. We'll also preview the final round of the US Open golf. Rory McIlroy only two shots off the lead going into moving day this evening in California. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for that. If you missed any of OTB Football Saturday with David Connolly and Gary Breen or our Gaelic football conversations with Finian Hanley, Cora Staunton and Kieran Donaghy, you can find the podcasts on the Off the Ball section of the Go Loud Network or be sure to listen back wherever you get your pods. Before we just go, we'll just give you some uh, score updates uh, just before we go. And uh, yeah, just to let you know that England in the Ashes, 230 for five, they've reduced uh, Australia to now England uh, ahead by 163 runs and the game uh, this evening um, is really about the golf isn't it Rory McIlroy two off the lead of Ricky Fowler going into the third round hopefully now by tomorrow evening he will be the US Open champion and win a first major in nine years hope you enjoy the conversation today we'll speak soon bye bye Off the Ball Daily